Hey, welcome to episode 67 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and we are back again already. The summer is just flying by, and it's kind of over and heading to the fall season pretty quickly. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly the insanity starts with training camps now that we're into the mid part of the month of September. Anyways, let's start with some NHL news on some player signings. The Ottawa Senators have signed defenseman Jake Sanderson to an eight-year, $64.4 million contract. This is an interesting contract to me because he's only played 77 games in one NHL season. Now, don't get me wrong. He had a really good season last year, showed a lot of promise, but signing somebody who's only played 77 games in the NHL for an eight-year, $64.4 million contract, there has got to be something really, really special that Ottawa sees, and I hope Ottawa's right, because that is quite a commitment to a very, very small sample size. Good for Jake Anderson. I mean, his agent obviously did a phenomenal job. That being said, they are doling out some heavy contracts, and one kind of has to wonder a little bit if maybe Ottawa offered this contract, not only because of player potential here, but because they've had so many players that by the end of their first year contract or after having contracts that have gone three or four seasons that the player decides to up and leave. So I have to wonder if this is maybe a kind of a knee-jerk reaction a little bit to them saying, hey, we don't want to keep losing players. We need to start locking them up for a little bit longer period of time. On to other team news, the Philadelphia Flyers have signed center Morgan Frost to a new two-year contract at $2.2 million. Former NHL coach Bruce Boudreaux has signed on with the OHL's Niagara Ice Dogs as a senior advisor. It was interesting to see in some initial reports and thoughts out there that this is Is this a step back for Bruce? I don't think so. I think he's at a perfect place in his career. I think he's dealt with everything he wants to deal with at the pro level. That being said, I'm sure if the right opportunity came along, he'd get back to the NHL. But he might just be at a place in his life that says, you know what, I can be the greatest benefit doing this. And Bruce Boudreaux has always seemed like the kind of coach that still wants to help and develop players and to see them succeed. So maybe this puts him in a better position to be able to do that with kids that are able to still be developed versus getting to the pro level of a sports where it's pretty much how much can I make? How long can I play there? I'm already good enough or I wouldn't be here. So maybe this is his way of being able to have a little bit more impact on the player development side. In other organizations, management news, it was really great to see that the new president of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Kyle Dubas, has hired former Sharks GM Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson was just a tremendous GM in San Jose, just managed with a type of calmness and stability that a lot of organizations don't have in pro sports and just kind of really seem to have it all together all the time. I can only gather that since he has signed a new contract uh, with a different organization that his health concerns are behind him, and I hope that's true. I think he's going to do a fantastic job and be a great addition in the senior advisor role and operations in Pittsburgh. 
I think that was a great acquisition and addition by Dubas. In Arizona, they have re-signed, after re-signing their head coach to a new three-year contract, they have signed general manager Bill Armstrong to a new multi-year contract as well. So between he and the coaching staff, they have to be enjoying a tremendous feeling of stability that they have not had probably at any point, actually, in their existence as a franchise. And I know a lot of people might point to Wayne Gretzky's time there. Undoubtedly a phenomenal man. Can't take anything away from the guy who's done it all. But I think there is even some trepidation or unsettledness as to how long he would stay or what would be his roles and overall impact on the team that Bill Armstrong and Andre Torgany has just brought total stability to, which has got to be great for Arizona. At least they have one problem and one area solved, and hopefully things just continue to go great for them as well. Back to player news, NHL defense. Defenseman Michael Dozato has decided to hang it up after 14 seasons in the NHL. And what's bizarre about that is he doesn't seem like he's been in the NHL for 14 years. Wow, did his career just go by in the flash of a pan. It seems like he was just drafted recently, but he's already been there 14 years and is moving on. In other player news, Matthew Nyes has made a statement in Toronto that I think is heavily influenced by the fact that he's really good friends with his teammate Austin Matthews. I think it's the right thing to say being that they're line mates in Toronto and things like that, but this might just be one of those things that you have a problem grabbing a hold of or or agreeing with, or maybe seeing eye to eye. He is referred to Austin Matthews as the best player, bar none, period, not only in Toronto, but in the league. Don't get me wrong, I'm not questioning Austin Matthews. I'm not one of those people going, well, I can do better. Not a chance. I mean, he is a tremendous talent. Austin Matthews is a very, very good player. Went first overall in his draft. Just a very accomplished player. That being said, as good as I think he is, he's not better than Connor McDavid. I'm sorry, it's it's not even close. Austin Matthews is a top talent in the NHL. No question about it. But Connor McDavid stands alone. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some fan disagreement with that. I get it. Your favorite team is whoever that team is. That being said, Connor McDavid is in a class by himself in the NHL right now and has been for the majority of, if not all of his career. He's just at a different level. If there's a player in the NHL right now that fits that such overused term of generational player, there is only one. That is Connor McDavid. And by the way, I'm not a fan of the Edmonton Oilers. They're not my favorite team. I mean, I think they're a class organization, no question about it. But that being said, I'm not even saying this about Connor McDavid because he's on my favorite team. He is just lights out the best player in the league. Now, could Connor Bedard evolve into that? Maybe, to be determined, it's the kid's rookie season. Let's give him a chance. And let's also realize Connor Bedard doesn't have much to play with in Chicago right now. He's got a lot of good insulation around him that will protect him. He's got players that have been through a lot that can explain things to him and that can take away some of the surprise, if you will, of the NHL and playing in it for the first time. But he doesn't have the talent around him. There's no question about that. There's a lot of drafting to be done in Chicago. But back to Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid 
just makes everybody on the ice every time he's on the ice whether they're directly line mates on his line or just part of the five players or the amount of players that are on the ice better there's no other player in the league that does that like Connor mcdavid it's just a fact and there might be some people saying well prove the facts okay let's look at the offensive production from Connor mcdavid and austin matthews look up their career stats Austin Matthew had 160 goal season and in that same season had his only 100 point season. Connor McDavid had 160 goal season this year. He scored 64, but has had over 100 points in six of his eight seasons. One was cut short by injuries and his rookie season, or excuse me, his second season, he ended up with 97 points three shy of 100 points. So one could even argue he's had 100 points or better seven out of eight seasons. But let's keep statistics as they are. Six out of eight seasons is far more than Austin Matthews has had. And like I said, every time Connor McDavid steps on the ice, regardless of who lines up with him, regardless of the players on the ice, he elevates those players to a level they could not get to without his presence and participation on the ice. There's just... Nobody else that does that. Don't get me wrong. Austin Matthews is a threat every time he's on the ice. No question about that. He can win a game, but not on the level that Connor McDavid can. He just can't. Most players have specialty areas where they're threats. McDavid, when he's in the lineup, is a threat five on five. Odd man rush, breakaway, overtime. It's kind of like almost the NFL's version of Tom Brady. Some people love Brady. Some people hate him, but over 98% of the players in the NFL said if they had a big game coming that hinged on the performance of one guy, who would they pick? And it overwhelmingly came back, and some of the guys detested Tom Brady, but they picked him because they knew he was money. McDavid is that guy in the NHL. And I'll take this to a different level. If I was building a team, my first choice, if you could have anybody in the league, of course, I'm going to take McDavid. But after him, everybody's like, oh, well, then you'd take Austin Matthews. Actually, no. My second pick would be Leon Dreisaitl. If I couldn't have McDavid, I'd take Dreisaitl. And if I couldn't have either one of them, and this I know some people are going to have a real problem with, I'd take Cole Caulfield. I want that pure talent on my roster. Argumentatively, with Patrice Bergeron's retirement at the end of last year and in this offseason, Austin Matthews might actually be a legitimate Frank Silk Trophy or Lady Bing Trophy winner. He's got that two-way ability. Two-way player, he's right there with the best in the league. Although, in, from a two-way center position, I still would take Leon Dreisaitl over Austin Matthews. And everybody's like, oh my God, how can you do that? Well, speaking of Dreisaitl for a second, think about this for a second. McDavid scored 64 goals this year. Austin Matthews had a 60-goal season the year before. McDavid has had 100 points or more six times out of his eight seasons in the NHL career, like we already talked about. Austin Matthews has had one. Dreisaitl has not only four 100-point seasons, he's done something that neither McDavid or Matthews has done, and that's actually had three 50-goal plus seasons. Dreisaitl, everybody likes to say, well, who's this player remind you of? He is a clone of Mark Messier in 
two-way play, offensive output production, and influence on the game. He could be the next guy that literally, like Mark Messier said in 1994, when he willed the New York Rangers to the Stanley Cup, Dreisaitl could actually be that guy. So from a two-way, durable, hard-playing, hard-to-play-against scoring threat, to me... Dreisaitl is actually the most complete player in the league. From a pure talent perspective, nobody touches McDavid. He walks on his own level. He plays to a level that everybody else just isn't at. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Austin Matthews. He is a top talent in the league, but he's not in the class of McDavid. And I would say, and I know people will disagree with this even more than the McDavid statement, I don't think he's in the same class as Leon Dreisaitl. They are the two best players in the league. And just in case everybody's, oh, well, we haven't talked about trophies yet, Connor McDavid has won three Hart Memorial trophies, five Art Ross trophies, one Maurice Rocket Richard trophy, four Ted Lindsay trophies, Austin Matthews has won a Hart Trophy as well. Two Maurice Rocket Richard trophies, one Ted Lindsay Award, and a Calder Memorial Trophy. Leon Dreisaitl has won one Art Ross Trophy and one Ted Lindsay. It's hard to win when the guy you're playing with or on the same team is winning everything. And that's not to make things sound, oh, well, I have pity for Leon Dreisaitl, but not Austin Matthews. We're not going there. I'm just saying that the years Dreisaitl could have won something, McDavid cleaned up. So there's not two of those awards. There's only one to go around each year. Argumentatively, and this will really drive some people nuts in Toronto's, I would say every time Mitch Marner takes the ice in Toronto, there's a greater overall impact and effect on the team and potential than Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is kind of a, I take care of my own game. I just do my thing. Nothing wrong with that. Mitch Marner is actually a greater distributor of the puck. I'd say he's a better skater. And believe me, Austin Matthews is a great skater. But I just think Marner is a more balanced skater. And I think he's a greater distributor of the puck. And he's got a deft shot himself. And again, I'm not trying to belittle or take anything away from Austin Matthews. It's just when somebody says, oh yeah, he's unquestionably the best. You kind of got to put that personal thing down on the table, kind of leave it there, not include that because there's some other people that not only challenge that, but blow that theory right out of the water. Now, on to other news. It was some fantastic news, back to players for a second, that Logan Mylou has been cleared by the NHL. Now, he hasn't gotten all the red tape and paperwork done yet, but the NHL has cleared him to play at least to the AHL level. I think that's where he's going to play this year anyways because there's just not any room on the Montreal defense. We'll get to that in episode 68. But the executive vice president, Jeff Gordon, expected Logan Mylou will be cleared to play also at AHL level. Talks went extremely well with Gary Bettman and the NHL, and Jeff Gordon is not anticipating any other kinds of issues. Also in Montreal, great news after the earlier season trade of alternate captain Joel Edmondson, defenseman Mike Matheson has been named the alternate captain replacing Joel Edmondson, which was a fantastic choice by Montreal. I don't know if the players had anything to do with that decision. I don't know if the management's the one that made it, where the coaching staff came in in that discussion, but Mike Matheson was the perfect choice. And I say that for a couple of reasons. He's got more experience in the NHL. He's more comfortable, if you will. The younger players, such as Gooley, Caulfield, Jordan Harris, even Arbor Jacki, who I would say could do it, just doesn't 
need that on top of everything else having just completed their first seasons they just don't need that right now so i think matheson was a perfect choice for that and i think in combination with brendan gallagher will be an excellent source of information things to bounce off of for captain nick suzuki matheson's a local native of quebec he's bilingual he can hold media discussions in both french and english fluently that's always a huge thing in that city and appreciated by the media it was just a perfect calculated move by the organization like i said i have no idea if players management combination thereof but it was the right choice to make I know some people it's like, oh, I would have loved to see Caden Gooley. No doubt, he's alternative captain material. And if Nick Suzuki wasn't already captain, he's going to be there a long time, which will probably at best mean Gooley wouldn't be captain until like the last couple of years of his career or something. But Matheson was the right choice. Gooley's got lots of things to work on. He's going to be an amazing player for a long time. And who knows, when Brendan Gallagher's done, either traded, finishes the contract, whatever that looks like in the end, maybe Gooley can be along with Matheson, the alternate captain to Nick Suzuki. So there's that option as well. On that note, that wraps up episode 67 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I'm your host, Steven Stiles. As always, thanks again for tuning into another episode. And the season is getting closer and closer, so we'll certainly have a lot more things to talk about. Thanks again for tuning in.